It's camping with Jesus. Did you go camping? Some of you love it, I'm sure. Maybe some of you hate it. But you've been camping. There's good things about camping, bad things about camping. Let's do the good things first. Maybe you like nature. I like nature. I just like to sit in nature. When I go camping, I just kind of sit in the water. For me, camping has to involve water. Otherwise, I'm not really into it. There's water, though. I'm with that. I love the nature. I just kind of sit in the water. I let the waves lap me. It's awesome. Nature. Can you smell the pine trees, even as I'm talking about it? I'm getting a visceral memory. Pine trees. Epic. Muskoka Rock. A bunch of you love Tobemori. You can smell the water of the North Channel. Maybe you like the simplicity that comes with camping. You got a fire. Maybe you cook everything in one pot. Simplicity is nice. What's fun also is when you come home from simple camping, your house seems like a mansion, doesn't it? You're like, wow, this place is amazing. There's a simplicity that appeals to you. Some of you, though, are like the crazy people. It's always got to be a challenge. Right? I'm not going camping with y'all. It's like, so what are we doing? Well, first, we're going to hike 30 miles. Then we're going to climb a rock face, rappel down the other side, and we're going to build our own fort from a tree. I'm not with that. But if you are, word up. You know, I'm good with that. You like the challenge of it. Me, I like the pace. You find a chill spot. That's the thing I like most about camping. You're out in the wild. If you go far enough, like I like the kind of camping where you don't have to reserve a campsite. It's a war with my wife because she wants to reserve it. No, we got some place to stay. Me, I like the idea of like, hey, let's try that cove over there. I mean, it could have bees' nests and bears living in it, but to me, it looks good. I'm, I'm with that. I like the pace. I just find a spot where no one else is and I chill. Now, there's also bad things about camping. The bugs are bad. We were in Frying Pan Bay last weekend, and uh, we found out that Ferry Lake was like a 20-minute hike uphill. So we walked into the forest and ran out two minutes later. We got attacked. My son Sam has 85 bug bites on his legs. I have bug bites in places that I can't even talk about in church. I guess they fly up. You know, the bugs are bad. <laughs> you know. Everything was made by him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. I'm going to ask him about mosquitoes, though. Hmm. Of course, one out of every two times you go camping, it rains. Have you ever experienced that? It seemed like every May 2-4 camping trip I went on when I was part of youth group just rained. It's terrible. One May 2-4 weekend, in fact, it started snowing. We're like, these Canadians are crazy. It rains. Then there's the whole smelling like smoke thing. Like two days in, everyone reeks. I'm not going to talk about pooping in the wild because this is church after all. You know, that's not the best part. Also, bears. But the absolute best thing about camping is the people you go with. Right? That's the, that's the best part. You ever went camping with strangers? You think, that's kind of weird. I know. I grew up at a camp that sends you out on a camping trip with strangers. My daughter, Sarah, is on the same camping trip that I went on when I was 16. The fun thing about camping with strangers is that at the end of the camping trip, they're not strangers anymore. 
People is the best part about camping. Whose idea was camping anyway? It's God's idea. How do I know? Uh, without him, nothing was made that was made. John 1.3. This leads you into difficult conversations sometimes with your kids. They're like, so dad, did God invent tanks? Because tanks are used to kill people. So you've got to talk about engineering and ingenuity and science and go, ultimately, yeah. Nothing was made that was made. So God likes camping. Which leads us to today's thesis question. If God likes camping, who would he go camping with? Well, let me show you who you go camping with. <laughs> Best day of my life. This is Psalm 15. O oh Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He or she who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his or her heart. Who does not slander with her or his tongue and does no evil to her or his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his or her friend. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. Who swears to her own hurt, to his own hurt, and does not change. Who does not put out their money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things, she who does these things shall never be moved. Man, I love the Psalms. Oh, Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who gets to be in God's presence? Who gets to hang out with him? Who's going camping with Jesus? Someone whose eyes are fixed on him. Look at verse 1. Oh, Lord. Is that the consistent cry of your consciousness? Oh, Lord. Is that the first thought on your mind as you wake up each day? Oh, Lord. Every day, first thing I wake up, I think about Jesus. I walk downstairs, I talk to Jesus. Usually the first sentence out of my mouth each day is, Lord, help me understand your ways. Help me understand your ways. I figure it's a good way to start. Because I'm going to face a lot of things today that I don't understand. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Is Jesus top of mind for you? Is he the consistent cry of your entire consciousness? Do you cry like the psalmist does, oh Lord? You see, if God's spirit lives in you, then he's as close as your next breath. How true has that been for you in your recent experience, that he is as close as your next breath? telling you there's freedom to be found in that kind of communion there's power to be found in that kind of communion there's peace to be found in that kind of communion without it none of these things can be found so i'm just saying if you're jesus's friend already might as well take full advantage of everything you've been given make him the height of your awareness make him the point upon which you fix your eyes you want to go camping with Jesus? Fix your eyes on Jesus. And look, we're not talking spooky spirituality here. This is common, everyday stuff. Look at verse 1. Oh Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? You Maybe familiar with the phrase strangers and sojourners from the scriptures. Sojourner is a common phrase. Oh Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? It gives me the greatest pleasure to tell you what sojourn means in the Hebrew comes from a simple root word, yagur. Yagur, yud, gimel, vav, resh, yagur. 
You know what it means? To live. It just means like to commonly live. Like your house, like your neighborhood, like your spot. You know how your house is when you're not expecting company? It's not perfectly clean. If you have kids, you know, it's a bad situation. (laughs) That's the kind of living we're talking about here. Everyday, common life. Who's going camping with Jesus? Feel it. His everyday, common friends. Oh, celebrate. Right? We got this like, predisposition in Christendom that God's got His special friends, His anointed friends, His high and mighty friends, His friends who get to stand on stages and preach to His people, His friends who hear specially from God. Look, it's true that there are different parts to the body of Christ and some people are called to do certain things and others are called to do other things. What you're called to do has absolutely nothing to do with who you are. You are God's friend. Period, in the most common way possible. That's who he's going camping with. Those who live with him. I live with Jesus. That's your new life goal. Where do you live? I live with Jesus. <laughs> you can blow somebody's mind with that, right? So, where are you from? From wherever Jesus is. You think it's a ridiculous thing to say, but think about how profoundly true it is. I, I live with Jesus. And if you know, even as you sit here today, that that's not fully true in you, you got something to work on this summer. As you sit in your chill spot and let the water lap at your knees, you can think about, dwell on, meditate on what it might look like for you to live with Jesus. Who shall dwell in your holy hill? I get excited every time I see the word holy hill. You know what the holy hill is? It's Mount Zion. Mount Zion is one of the mountains that surrounds Jerusalem. Today has a pretty impressive church sitting on top of it. I must have walked past it 300 times in my life. Kind of walk past it as you move from West Jerusalem, down the Hinnom Valley, up the hill of Mount Zion, down to the Dung Gate. You turn left, you walk in the Dung Gate, and right in front of you is the Western Wall, where above you would have been the Temple of Old. Mount Zion. My brother and sister-in-law used to live across the Hinnom Valley from Mount Zion. So they'd sit on their back porch, and there's Mount Zion at sunset. Very good place in case Jesus comes back. you got a front row seat. Mount Zion, right? Mount of Olives is just beyond. You can see the peak of the Mount of Olives in behind the peak of Mount Zion. Mount of Olives is covered in tombs. It's where all the Jewish dead who die anywhere near Jerusalem fight to be buried. It's epic. You go walking in there, it's illegal, but everybody breaks the law in Israel. So you can go walking in there. Until the guards throw you out. You see these graves from hundreds of years ago. You walk down the tomb of Hezekiah the prophet. is right up over there on the hill. It's epic. Mount Zion. Mount Zion is archetypal for heaven, paradise, eternity. When you hear the mountain of the Lord, it ought to evoke the mountain of the Lord. Think of Mount Everest and then think of Mount Everest in an eternal context with God's house atop it. And that's what should be conjured in your mind as you hear the writer evoke the name, the mountain of the Lord. Who shall dwell in your holy hill? You see, in the midst, it's beautiful. We have the common day to live and then we go archetypal with Mount Zion. The Bible's difficult and complex. It gives us simplicity and common everydayness and then it gives us an eternal archetype to wrestle with. 
in the midst of your common everyday life with Jesus, remember that eternity hangs in the balance. Looking for motivation, if you're looking for your common everyday life to be enlivened, remember Mount Zion. Eternity hangs in the balance. Something for you to think on this summer. Are you playing for keeps? Are you playing like eternity hangs in the balance? Who gets in? Who's going camping with Jesus? These are the things that hang in the balance. Look at verses 2 through 5. Who gets in? Who goes camping with Jesus? She who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in her heart does not slander with her tongue and does no evil to her neighbor nor takes up a reproach against her friend. Who gets to go camping with Jesus? He in whose eyes a vile person is despised but who honors those who fear the Lord and swears to his own hurt but does not change. Those who do not put their money out at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things will never be moved. I love this. This is anachronistic. Who's going with Jesus? Okay, who's going camping with Jesus? Jesus is going camping with Jesus. <laughs> That's what hits me when I read this list. Right? Is it depressing for you too? It's very important that you read Psalm 15, not like a Jew reads Psalm 15. I love the Jews. I was raised in Israel. I'm about as Jewish as you can be for a white guy who loves Jesus. Okay, so I'm not slagging Judaism, but I'm saying you cannot read Psalm 15 like a Jew because you're a Jesus person. Because a Jew would look at this and go, "Whoo, look at all these requirements. Okay, so I got to walk blamelessly. I tap out right there. Anyone else? Me and Jesse tap out. We're like, I'm out. A mile or two, right? I'm out. I can't do it. <laughs> Who walks? I, I'm it. That's it. I got to tap out. I can't walk blamelessly. And does what, it's, what is right. In the Hebrew, that's like tzedek, righteousness. It implies all the time. You're like, uncle, right? Like, you're, I don't even need to go on. Like, the whole thing is like a license for failing. Speaks the truth in their heart. It's one thing to speak it with your mouth, but like in your heart? The Bible's so ruthless, right? In your husband, like not enough to speak it. You gotta believe it. Doesn't slander. Does no. I give up. Who's going camping with Jesus? Jesus is going camping with Jesus. That's the answer, right? You're like, I don't qualify. Good. Now you're most of the way to the gospel, <laughs> right? Can't bring your Judaism to church. You just can't. Sorry. Right? You might have some Jewishness in your Christianity. It's okay, because we come from Judaism. Our Messiah was a Jew. But you can't have any Judaism in your Christianity, because nobody qualifies but Christ. That's why Jesus made a way. That's why Jesus, God the Son made flesh, lived a perfect, sinless life, perfectly fulfilled the will of the Father. This is why Jesus, God the Son made flesh, God in a body, suffered himself to be hung on a cross between two thieves, so that as he hung there, God the Father might place on him the iniquity of us all. Just think on that for a moment. God the Father placed on God the Son 
the sins of the world. So that he might suffer and die in our place for our sin. To quote the scriptures, which is hilarious because Pastor Brian quoted this in pre-service prayer, not knowing that I was going here unless he was reading the passage himself in prayer this week and God led him there also. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 It's the great exchange. Feel me? Your badness goes to Jesus. Jesus' goodness comes to you. Celebrate! Which is why to go camping with Jesus, you don't got to be perfect like Jesus. huh? You just got to be with him. Accept the invitation. Even if he's going on a 30-mile hike, going to climb a rock face and repel afterwards. Jesus said, jump, you say, how high? Jesus said, let's go, you say, let's go. Jesus said, you coming? You say, yes, I'm coming, Lord. Don't got to be perfect. Just got to be with the one who is perfect. Hallelujah. Let the Lord use you. God be with him, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, Matthew 28, 20. How do I know I'm with Jesus, though, Todd? You know, you're with him if you love him. Even in our twisted popular culture, to be with someone has become euphemistic for being in love with them, for making love to them, to be with them. You know, you're with Jesus if you love him, but how do I know if I love him? You know you love him if you keep his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. But what are his commandments? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Somebody shout. Love God. Love neighbor. Period. And here's some ways love looks. Love looks tasty. Verse 2. She who walks blamelessly. Blameless in the Hebrew is tamim. Tamim means tasty. Isn't that so much better than blameless? She's like, no way in H-E double hockey sticks I could be blameless, but I could be tasty. (laughs) Right? Tastier is easier than blameless. Because not everything's good about something that's tasty, but at least there's something good enough that makes it tasty. Love looks tasty. You want to go camping with Jesus, be tasty. Man, you can sit on that one and figure that out, right? You can think about what's it going to look like for me to be tasty this year. And be blue collar. This is my favorite point. I'm going to say something very provocative here, but hopefully you can 
take it for what it's worth and smile about it afterwards. And who does what is right. The word does is in the Hebrew, poel. You know what poel means? Blue collar worker. My parents' bank, when we grew up in Israel, was Bank Hapoalim, the workers' bank. Jesus drinks Bud Light. There, I said it. He likes cheeseburgers. He cheers for the Leafs. He likes pickup trucks. He shops at Mark's Work Warehouse. He likes bacon and eggs and the hip. I said it. I'm still stuck in the whole Bud Light thing. I know he said he won't drink wine again until he eats it and drinks it new in the kingdom of God. Didn't say nothing about beer, though. Just saying. <laughs> the, <laughs> the God of the universe, feel me, appreciates common everydayness. <laughs> Should be the best day of your life right here. So look, here's the application. Feel it. If the God of the universe appreciates common everydayness, you can stop trying to be impressive. <laughs> Let freedom reign. Woo. Don't you feel a little light on your feet? Your house is going to be a little messier next time I come over. That's right. <laughs> You don't got to be so impressive all the time because God likes common everydayness. Celebrate. So look, instead of <clears throat> trying to be impressive, how about this? You could try to be honest. You could try to be kind. You could try to become the kind of person who doesn't carry grudges. You can become the kind of person who despises annoying, constant evilness, but honors those who fear the Lord, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to her neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. In short, you can stop trying to be impressive and you can start trying to live like life isn't primarily about you. Verse 4b, who swears to her own hurt and does not change. Ever done that? Done the right thing even though it cost you? Who's going camping with Jesus? People who do the right thing even when it costs them. That's who, that's who he's taking camping. Which is course is why you'd never charge interest of a friend and you'd never take a bribe to condemn someone who was innocent Judaism and Christianity is so twisted as an organization take this one verse do not let out your money at interest the Jews are always like, well, we can't charge each other interest, so we'll charge the Gentiles' interest. And the Christian church in the Middle Ages was like, 
not supposed to charge each other interest. So we'll get the Jews to charge other people interest, and then we'll take the proceeds. This is why Jesus, when he bumps into organized religious people, calls them whitewashed sepulchers. Graves that look pretty on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones. We're not with that. And worship team, I'm done. You can come join me. We're not with that kind of living. We're not with that kind of twistedness. We're not with that kind of hypocrisy. We're not with that. Why? Because we're with Jesus. That's why. Because we're with Jesus. If you're with Jesus, would you do any of that mess? No, you wouldn't. Because you got G- you're, you're with Jesus. It's like, what's up, Jesus? You'd do the right thing in every situation, wouldn't you, if you were with Jesus? You'd be kind to every person you saw if you were with Jesus, wouldn't you? You wouldn't pass a street person by. You'd be like, Mark, what's up, man? How you doing? This is my friend Jesus. Change everything you did, right? If you were with Jesus... Being with Jesus changes everything. Look, verse 5. Changes things ultimately. He or she who does these things shall never be moved. It's even better in the Hebrew. He or she who does these things, lo yamut olam, lo, not, yamut, death, la olam, ever. He or she who does these things will never die. You live like this, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Hanging out with Him like it's a common, everyday thing. Remembering that eternity hangs in the balance. Trusting in Jesus' perfection, not your own. Loving Him. Keeping His commandments to love God and love your neighbor. Living a tasty, blue-collar life. Never trying to be impressive ever again. Just being honest and kind, not carrying grudges, eschewing evil and honoring those who fear God, doing the right thing even when it costs you, never taking advantage of a friend or of the innocent. You live like that, you're going to live forever, which means you'll have lots of time to go camping with Jesus.